If you don't know it by now, I can be a bit controversial on how I handle my business and in how I coach other designers about their business. Running a design firm or any small business for that matter is not a one-size-fits-all wrapped up in a pretty bow. It's about building the framework from the ground up and having a solid foundation that will make it recession-proof. The Design Paradigm is a comprehensive and powerful coaching program for interior designers wanting a challenge and looking to grow. It has epic twists and turns in the way you might think about business. If you are a little rebellious in thought, want to win it, avoid groupthink, don't care what others are doing, and want a sustainable business over the long haul that makes you stand out, then the Design Paradigm is the right place for you. We will be a partner in reimagining and refocusing your business from the ground up. Find out more at theinteriordesignparadigm.com. The problem with this cult of overwhelm is the labeling of it as such and the head trash this becomes. Reframing and being resilient takes discipline and work. And I mean, it takes a lot of discipline and work. And also it takes a lot of working through it. Welcome to the Damn Good Designer Podcast. Join host Cheryl and Liz, the visionary and integrator balancing all the moving parts of a full-service interior design firm. Get ready for a wild ride as they challenge the norms, challenge the industry, and challenge you with damn good truths about what success looks like today. Now your hosts. Welcome everyone. Liz is here with me again today and we are ready to just dissect another topic that might go against the conventional pitches every Bob, Bill and Barbara uses to sell you everything from timeshares to tutus. Okay, so are you ready for this? Challenges are part of business, part of living life, overcoming them or meeting them head on is an opportunity for growth, right? Right? But I really, really, really dislike the overuse of the word overwhelm this pitch that manipulates your emotions. I really, it's just, you know, every email that I open is asking me if I'm overwhelmed. I mean, seriously, I don't know if this is the truth for everybody. And I do get an inordinate amount of emails from every, everybody in the whole free world that is trying to sell us something because I think my email must be on some list somewhere or something. It's driving me crazy. But I, this, this uh, overwhelm pitch has been so prevalent in the last couple of years. And maybe maybe because people are feeling overwhelmed, but I think it's a very manipulating thing. It's not productive either. And it's vastly overused, uh, really just by the by people that want to play on your insecurities, you know, and I think we need to rise up and say, stop. What do you think, Liz? Oh, absolutely. I think it's, I think the scariest part about it really is the fact that when you engage in that type of thought process, it only perpetuates itself. It's a, a very sort of non-proactive way to look at the problems that you might be facing or the things that might be overwhelming you. And, you know, in all reality, of course, we all have things every day that stress us out and that cause a lot of anxiety or that make us feel like things are hectic. But the truth is being able to really analyze that stuff and figure out a way forward is so much more productive than just brewing in this vat of thinking that you can't overcome anything and everything is too much and everyone is too much and you've got to scale back. Yeah, exactly right. And and putting this is a this is a, a 
a garbage in, garbage out kind of thing, I think, uh, to me. You know, putting this data into your brain, it's, it's problematic because it's going to interfere with those mechanisms that you're talking about for coping and finding solutions. You know, and w- would you say this to your child? I mean, would you say this to your child? I mean, the, the, what are the exchange I heard, you know, with you earlier, Liz, um, with Johnny, I'm like, I, okay, you know, like, I'm listening to that. I, first, the funny thing is, y'all, I wasn't sure because I had just gotten into the Zoom call where we were talking about this ahead of time. And I was like, is she talking to a client or is she talking to... <laughs> <laughs> One of her stepkids. I, I, I don't know. I'm like, it's kind of a kind of a weird thing. But, you know, really, would you say that to a child? Would you say, you know, are you overwhelmed? I mean, you know, Johnny, are you overwhelmed? I mean, you probably would not want to do that. You would want to refocus how they think about the events so they can impact right. their own outcomes. Right. So I think we ought to unsubscribe immediately to all of those. If someone asks you if you're overwhelmed, get rid of them. OK, because right off the bat, you know that it's a manipulated, uh, manip- manipulative sort of uh, way of looking at things, you know. And, and and here's my thing, and I'll say this a lot, hundreds of times: words have power. The biggest problem with these negative mantras and word framing is that you begin to believe it yourself, and then others start to believe it too. So if you are saying this to a child and you're saying it, you know, all the time, you know, are you overwhelmed? Are you tired? You know, all those sorts of things, you know, then they're going to start to say, yeah, okay. You know, maybe I am, maybe I am tired. You know, after you asked me 450,000 times, am I overwhelmed? And you know, gosh, I, I think I am. I thought I was doing pretty good, but I think I am overwhelmed. And that is the manipulation part of it. And it really bothers me. So watch your words across the board. This is not hocus pocus. Everybody knows I am not a woo woo kind of person at all, but I firmly believe in the power of words to change the trajectory of events, not only within your own head, but that of your team. And here we go, importantly, that of your clients also. I think too that a lot of the dynamics around sort of how you manage the things that come into your day to day and the things that that can cause for you to feel like you're over the top or that you can't get a handle on on your schedule maybe, those are the type of things that then lead you to make bad, rash, you know, non-productive decisions, to send poor emails, to, you know, think that certain things are the problem when they're not. It doesn't give you a chance to really self-reflect. And I think that that is something that's been so ingrained in kind of how we operate Um, in detail day to day to really figure out like where is the crux of the issue coming from rather than just trying to find a solution and moving on. I think that that choice of words is so specific in that there's no other opportunity really than for you to stop and control yourself before you speak, before you manage, before you, you know, send out proposals, all of those type of things to really slow down and think about the fact that you have control over how these things go. You could plan better. You could have processes that are better outlined. You know, you could engage your team to be more proactive. There are systematic ways for you to redefine those things that can make a difference. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And with, and with, the, with the words thing. So y'all don't shoot me now. Or, or don't, you know, whatever with the, because the, I have a banned word list. I really do. I have a banned word list because I don't want certain words talked about in my business. We've already talked about some of them in the podcast and we'll talk about more of them. And, uh, and sometimes I get a little grief about this from, uh, you know, 
people in our, our group or whatever, like when I say I don't want, I've banned red flag in our group. And I just, I don't want people to say that for various reasons. And that's not what this podcast is about. But I will say that there are, you know, the, the words and the, and the words that you put into your brain are really important. But let's, let's talk about this now, uh, instead of, you know, you know, overwhelmed, being overwhelmed, let's talk about it and reframing this to overcoming obstacles. Okay. So yes. that, that is, and I almost made t-shirts, kid you not. Um, I am been known to make a few pens. And I heard there were some and, buttons in the works. Yes. Maybe yesterday yes. Afternoon. There's <laughs> more, yes, more buttons with our new, our new. So if you hit me up at market, you know, I'll have some of our, our favorite buttons there, but we got to get them redone with our, our new logo for damn good designer. But mm -hmm. let's, let's talk about the overcoming uh, obstacles. So that's already an improvement, right? Because now oh, we're looking sure. at it from a positive, right? We're talking about it from a positive. It's, it's not, it's not, you know, are you overwhelmed? You know, it's, well, today, Liz, I am overcoming a lot of obstacles. And, mm -hmm. and maybe it's even, even a, a joke in a way because you're having a really crappy day and, and you really are feeling this quote unquote overwhelm. But if you, if you self-talk a little bit here and talk about it, that you're overcoming obstacles, I think that that is so much more important. Absolutely. And more proactive. I mean, again, you're setting an example, not only for the people around you, but really helping yourself to get some control over the situation. And I think that a lot of us, you know, regardless of our type of personality, when it comes to being able to really recalibrate, that control piece is a huge part of it. Um, and you really can't do that unless you can identify what it is that the problem is and try to focus on how to get over that hump. Right, exactly. So it's, it's reframing your beliefs about challenging situations. And, and this brings you greater resilience. And resilience is like the thing, you know, being resilient is how you overcome obstacles, really. And we're all being thrown obstacles all the time, especially in the last few years. Jeez Louise, that could be several podcasts right there. You know, but we're all products of our upbringing, you know, what we listen to, the mental diet we feed ourselves, and this impacts how we think about obstacles. And being resilient does not mean you're not affected by the bad juju in the world. It just means you can better control how you react to it. And that I think is important for me. And maybe I spend an ordinary amount of my day reframing my brain or what I'm thinking about, because sometimes I do. Um, but I think the response to challenging events typically is colored by how much control we think we have. And, you know, for me, this is super important. I want to be able to generate possible solutions, much to someone's chagrin sometimes. Liz and I were talking about this right before we got on here and almost missed our, our cue to, to get on the podcast because we were talking about what I think are some obstacles uh, in being efficient. And then as we were talking about it, and, and we just briefly dove into this right before, but as we're talking about it, I'm realizing that, well, maybe the obstacle is with me. Maybe I have I'm thinking it's an obstacle, but maybe the rest of the team is not looking at it that way. Now, granted, because I'm the boss and I'm the one who's controlling the money coming in and the money going out and all of that. Maybe efficiency, you know, matters a little more to me, or maybe I'm looking at it that way. But sometimes I think the obstacles can be, you know, in your in your own brain. And I am oh, a, yeah. a a solution driven kind of person. I want to to that's how I deal with issues and I get controlled. And I think also from blowing my top, it's it's one of the things that I've tried to do is like I'm trying to and even the initial solutions may not be the best solution. And maybe sometimes it's reactive in, in a way, but I think that, that for me, that is something that is important is to be able to do that. But, but let's, let's think about it this way. Okay. This is what, I, I don't even remember when this was, but at least 
probably 20 something years ago. And um, I don't remember if it was something I read or if it was something that uh, like maybe because I was in therapy or something, maybe it was that, I don't know. But it's, it's thinking about active response oriented uh, thinking, you know, mindsets, you know, like what in this can I improve? How can I positively impact what happens next? And how can I contain the negatives? And then how do I address this right now? Maybe the right now thing is the, <laughs> the problem, Liz. Maybe I need to sit with things a little bit because sometimes I think Liz is going having whiplash when I'm saying, okay, I got a, I got a solution. This is how we're going to address this. And maybe that's, you know, you need to be more thoughtful about it, but that is how I cope with this and, and cope with the obstacles that come up and there's obstacles every day. So, so what can I improve? How can I positively impact what happens next? How can I contain the negatives and how do I address this now? These are the three reactions that really should be in your back pocket all the time. Okay. Really, especially with our team to consider, uh, equally as important with client obstacles though, or bad behavior that is impacting our project or worse, you know, our, our mental well-being. You know, if you ask yourself, if you write those down right now and put that through it, and at least it gives you a path. So you know how some people will, will snap a rubber band to, to try to break a bad habit or all those kinds of things. This is sort of our way of a, a, attacking a problem, I think, um, is looking at it with, you know, what can I improve? You know, how can I positively impact? What happens next? And what happens next may not be a good thing at all, but is there, is there any way to positively, you know, spin this or whatever? And, and this is why it's also because I am a control freak and I want to exert this control, this positive control over my environment. I have always been pretty resilient my entire life. You know, had a little bit of a rough, uh, you know, upbringing um, and childhood. Some a lot of things went on that that weren't really that great. Um, and and don't get me wrong, you know, I break down with the best of them, absolutely. But resiliency is something that I have had, even if I break down, you know, for 15 minutes and then I pop right back up again and say, okay, now I've broken down. I've had my moment. Now I'm gonna, you know, get on with it. But I am a control freak, and I cannot let things happen to me, you know, and you've heard me talk about this before. And those of you I've coached with know this for sure, because I want to be the instigator of actions as opposed to having the actions, uh, put upon me, you know, and, and this is, it, it, this came in really handy when I was going through a very bad divorce 20 years ago or so. And I learned how resilient I really was and the power of resiliency and reframing your thoughts, you know, to kind of keep you out of a, a lockdown ward or something. I mean, it was pretty brutal, uh, honestly. Uh, but that learned resiliency is what created the business I own today. I mean, really, that is a direct uh, reaction to this. So I don't know that everybody can be resilient and, and, and pop back up by, by solving the problem of you're overwhelmed by starting a business, but that's that's really exactly what I did. I also had to have gainful income all of a sudden too, you know, but think about it. That experience directly resulted in where I am today, not without battle scars, but I would not be here talking to you if I had not maintained the overwhelm, uh, instead of focusing on over, if I had, if I had maintained that overwhelmed feeling and, and anybody who's ever been through a divorce with young children understands what I'm talking about, instead of focusing on overcoming that life altering obstacle. It's interesting because in your kind of talking through some of the stuff that we were discussing right before um, we started the podcast, I think that something that I've learned over the years, and again, I've been with Cheryl for, um, I guess it'll be a little over eight years this year, but oftentimes the things that trigger you or the things that cause for you to say, we've got to address this, they're probably not going to be the things that are at the top of my list in terms of what needs to be addressed in that moment. 
And sometimes yes, I think som- about it and I'm like, are we really, are we really having this conversation again? Which is probably not something I should be proud to say necessarily, because, you know, we should be making, you know, more effort. I hear your words sometimes. Sometimes I hear your words in my head saying, Liz is going, really, Cheryl, right. that's what you're worried about today when we have 72 things to worry about? Right. But I think that what, something that has always resounded with me is that it's a mindset that might not be the top of mine right at the moment, but it's something that probably carries some value and does require addressing. And I think that that's not just about how it is that we operate, but considering how other people operate. Because let's be honest, we operate in an industry where you have to consider a lot of other people. We have subs and clients and you know our team and our vendors and all sorts of other sort of facets that come into play. And when you can't be aware or you can't be sensitive to how your systems and processes are really helping to promote or to, you know, secure or establish or solidify the things that they need, are you really doing your best at the job? And again, is the efficiency question tied into that somehow? Because the things that I might think like, oh, well, I can do it faster this way, that doesn't mean it doesn't make it hard for someone else on the other end. And so when you're in a team dynamic or when you're working with clients who maybe think about things differently, these type of sort of reflections and re-engineering of how you think about what it is that's causing for you to feel the angst or feel the like sense of stress and like you can't catch up. Those are the type of things that probably need to really be sort of dug deep on and figure out what it is that you can do Mm -hmm. process wise or with your team to make change. It's not necessarily a blame game, but it's really about analyzing how it is that you can do better so that everyone overall can gain that sort of little nugget of inspiration. And let's be honest, there's so many lessons that we've learned from the mistakes other people have made before us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think the, the part of this though, Liz, I, you know, is, is, is simple because, I mean, or, the, or the part that we're talking about here, it's not simple at all. All of this is very complicated and, and you know, layers and deep of, of really thinking. But, but the first thing you can do is switch your mindset from this, I'm overwhelmed, to let's overcome this obstacle. And, and I swear to you, I mean, I, you know, there's people out there that know me, that I know are listening, and they know that Cheryl is so not a, you know, touchy-feely, hoo-doo-doo-voo kind of individual. I'm, I'm just not. But I am very important about controlling my environment and what goes into my brain um, and that sort of thing. So when you're saying let's overcome this obstacle, you're changing the whole game and bringing in the star picture. You know, because now you're empowered. This is an active position, not a passive one. So let me repeat that again. This is being active and not passive. You're no longer a victim of your circumstances. You're the one in the driver's seat. And that is where I like to be. I mean, remember what I said in a couple of episodes before that the hardest thing I've ever done in my business is not be driving that bus, okay? But I can still be in the driver's seat about how I react and how I uh, frame things and that sort of thing and how I'm looking at it in uh, in my own brain. So don't let other people manipulate you into this victim status because that is exactly what's happening sometimes when uh, you are talking to people that are encouraging this sort of overwhelmed mentality. You know, and it makes me sad and it makes me angry all at the same time. This is the kind of thing too that I think dovetails into how, you know, the design paradigm and other, um, you know, coaching opportunities that you've had with people reflects because I think that the proactive nature of addressing issues and finding a solution as opposed to perpetually doing the same thing over and over again, assuming a different result, 
is really where that value is. And it's hard, especially if you're a solopreneur or you don't have a seasoned team maybe to have someone to reflect those ideas back to. So this idea of being able to really analyze your thoughts and look at something from the outside and question it and say like, this isn't working and we need to figure out why, it mm -hmm. is truly a skill set that you have to be able to train into yourself to slow down and identify because otherwise those type of things can be all consuming and I'm sure can affect people long term when it comes to how their companies are operating for, you know, longer periods of time. Yeah, the definition of, of crazy notes is doing the same thing over and over again and, and not, you know, expecting a, a different outcome or whatever that saying is, you know. And I learned a, a long time ago during that very dark dark, dark and stormy post-divorce uh, times that sometimes you have to fake it till you make it. Okay. So sometimes you just have to, uh, put on your, your positive hat and go to that meeting and be that way. And that's kind of how I was with that meeting at 1030 on this brand new, really cool house client we've had forever and all of that. And it's been, you know, a, a rough week for me. And I had to completely uh, put on that different hat and fake it till I make it until and I actually came up with some good ideas, believe it or not, in that meeting. And I, I can't believe that. I, and it was just a preliminary uh, meeting with our architect and, and this client. But it was, uh, I was surprised myself. And then I surprised myself about how good I felt about it, about how all of a sudden, this is the truth, y'all. And this was meeting was just a couple of hours ago. It, just it, it, how I felt so much uh, more in control and positive. My whole, this whole like, you know, rough week has sort of dissipated in a way because I'm thinking, you know, I'm just sitting here faking it till I make it because I really, you know, I didn't know the appointment was there because we had a snafu on the calendar. And so I had other things planned and I had to go there and I had to do it. And then I wasn't getting to work in time. And I had to do it on the fly and all these things that, that make me unsettled, you know, because that's, I like to have things in, in order, but I really found that the fake it till you make it, you know, getting on that call worked truly it worked. And by the end of that meeting, my whole attitude about everything, you know, was changing. And, and sometimes I think that, uh, I, I think back, uh, you know, where did this really come from? You know, and I think it was because of that divorce when I had little people depending on me, I had a four-year-old and a six-year-old, I was their rock. You know, it's no longer an option when you have those little people depending on you and you're in a dark, dark and stormy time to fall apart, at least not in the open. This becomes destabilizing to their worldview if you do, because you know, you're their rock, right? And so, so part of this, what this is about is really uh, that this is also becomes destabilizing to a client's worldview also. So sometimes you do have to pull it out and, and you know, fake it till you make it a little bit because you know, in, in my world, Clients are going to feel like we have the world spinning on our fingertips, like, you know, Harlem Globetrotter. I mean, I, I want it to be, I want them to think that, you know, that we have got everything under control, that we are their fearless leader. We are their guide on this. You know, I'm the poobah helping them with their problems. I'm being of service. That's really important to me because I have these people that I have to make sure get a paycheck and that, uh, that these clients that, that are counting on us. I mean, I, I don't have uh, the option of really falling apart, just like I didn't have an option of falling apart when I got divorced and it was a really rough time. You know, I just, you just don't. And anybody who's ever been through that, I think you understand what I'm talking about. And this is why clients are hiring you. And this is how you attract the best clients. It has more to do with engendering this feeling in them than it does with what you put on Instagram. 
And of course, there's always that little dopamine kick that I think we forget about sometimes when it comes to actually accomplishing or achieving something, even if it's so minor. Like you think about that meeting this morning, it's moving the needle forward in a certain way. The project doesn't have a tight timeline, but it is a really exciting opportunity for us. It's a great project that is going to take really a cool. lot of effort and energy, but it's going to be something that is fun and challenging. And there's so many ways that that sort of trick almost to the brain of forcing yourself to do something maybe you don't want to do, maybe the thing that you're procrastinating on that you really like are dreading. Sometimes achieving those type of things can help totally reframe your mindset to be like, I can accomplish this. I do that even with stuff outside of my work life, you know, being able to sort of make sure that I'm exercising and, and eating healthy and making good choices in other ways, getting enough sleep. All of those things are inter interconnected and we make the choice day to day to either be in a proactive role and to take control of those things and say, you know, I don't want to feel like crap today. I want to feel better. I, you know, I want to get up and I want to have that energy. I want to have a better mindset. So what are the things I know I'm going to do today to make sure that that happens? Those are the ways that you can train yourself to get over those type of humps. Right, right. And, and again, like today, I, I, you know, this was not, I was not going into this meeting with the best mindset. I just, I really wasn't. But that's when you put your big girl panties on and big boy pants on and, and you sometimes have to fake it till you make it. I mean, you just have to do that. It was not something that I'm going to fail at that meeting. But the surprising thing is, and it's not so surprising because I'm sitting here talking about this in a podcast like two hours later, right? And, and, but it really was so bizarre to realize as I'm driving to work, racing to work, really, to get here because this is where all the equipment is and everything else and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And all of that, it really, I realized like what a better mood I was in and how, how much more in control I felt just going into that meeting and, and, and faking my way through, you know, being like in a good headspace. And then by the, by the end of the meeting, that's exactly you know, where I was. And, and when it talks about, with, you know, with clients, you have, to, you have to think about this. You know, when a client sees you face a challenge head on and creatively, you know, find these solutions to their, to their problems. And that's, you know, why they hired you is to help them with that. What does it do? It builds trust. And I know that this is a very oft talked about uh, topic all the time. And you're probably going, yeah, 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 build trust, build trust. But you know, it, it really is the cornerstone of, of all good relationships. And I think that's why uh, we have less problems with, with clients uh, than maybe the average bear, because we do a really good job of building trust. And they know that you've got this because you're, you're building that trust and they're seeing you face other challenges and, um, or even challenges on a job site or, or challenges mm -hmm. that the architect threw you or, oh my God, we're doing a remodel and we just opened the walls and look what's there. We didn't plan for that, you know, that kind of thing. But you're leading the charge. You are the person that they hired to get this done. You are their savior. You're their, their hero, you know, in this. And that's the way I think that you have to, to look at it. And they know when they hit a snag in a project or if, if they're fretting about the limitations of their project or, or whatever, you're not going to freeze or get flustered. And based on coaching for the last five or six years and based on, you know, doing all my deep dive research and the Facebook groups and all the things I've done and even in my own group, I think a lot of times... We do get, we do freeze or get flustered or, oh, oh my God, that's not what's supposed to happen next. So now, you know, what do I do now? Red flag, red flag, red flag. You know, I mean, just, it's, it's just not the way that, uh, that you want to handle things if you want a sustainable business uh, going forward. It, it just isn't. It, this is really 
really uh, probably the only, maybe one of the few uh, topics we'll ever have that is really this kumbaya, you know, mindset kind of deal. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, you'll take it in stride. You'll figure it out. You got this. And that's why they hired you. So overcoming obstacles is an asset. Okay. That's an asset. When you're, when you're thinking about I'm overwhelmed and you're framing it that way and, and people are asking you 450,000 times, you know, are you overwhelmed? Are you tired? All, all that stuff that we talked about, that, that is not an asset at all. That's not an asset because you're acting upon the obstacle, okay? You're overcoming the obstacle and you're wrestling it to the ground. Being overwhelmed is passive. It's hopeless. It's something that is being done to you. It's not about your feelings. It's about how you are thinking about your feelings. Because obviously, you know, you, you can feel horrible. It's I'm not denigrating the fact of your feelings that you're feeling like crap. I felt like crap all week long this week. You know, it's just been one of those kinds of weeks, just like uh, cranky, cranky, you know, cranky McGee here. And but it's but but the thing about it is, is that you you have to reframe and stop yourself because no one's going to do it for you. No one is going to do this for you. Right. I mean, you have to do it. And sometimes you can have somebody like Liz that you can uh, you can talk to about something and why you're you're feeling this way. Maybe you have a, a really good friend you can talk to, maybe your spouse, whatever. But sometimes you, you do need that. But but this is really the essence of what we're talking about here is that when you are overcoming obstacles, it's an asset. Okay, that is an asset. It's an asset sure. that you can bring to your clients, right? You know, mm -hmm. and and the whole world word overcoming obstacles, that phrase came about because I I ended up and I think I did it as a small business think book. So some of you may remember this, that I, I cut out all these different uh places everywhere, you know, including like the, the places that want your money for, for doing, you know, uh, processing your fees and, and, uh, you know, doing your storyboards and, you know, whatever, all that stuff. We don't do any of that. You know, we don't have any of those kind of programs, but those programs were doing the same thing in their copy. It's like, there's one master copywriter out there or That's something. That's how they're hitting it's, people. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And it, and it's so manipulative and it really, really bothers me because being overwhelmed and having people push that at you is, is a manipulation tactic, you know, and that's passive, hopeless. Exactly. I mean, it's just, it's just such a different kind of, uh, idea, but I'm not denigrating anybody's feelings. Of course, we're, we're feeling that way. You know, it's been a, a really crappy few years, you know, and things have, have, have been, uh, you know, not so I think around, but it's all about how you are handling it and how you are taking control. And Liz and I both are bona fide control freaks. Oh, for sure. And I think, you know, to some degree, it's justified. I mean, I think that we operate in a world where for some reason it feels like someone needs to, so we might as well. Um, but, you know, back to what you were saying about clients and working on site with subs and dealing with contractors, you know, showing up to a job and realizing something's been done wrong and throwing a fit about it isn't going to get you anywhere. And while, yes, an issue may need to be addressed. Maybe jail. Sure. Might get you in jail. Yeah, there you go. You know, while, of course, it's going to need to be addressed and, you know, maybe you're going to have to have a hard conversation with someone, your client isn't going to be thrilled to just read an email from you about how their contractor is and how they don't do their job right and blah, blah, blah. When we have issues like that or we need to, to pivot or we need to figure out a transition, we're in that, you know, product research, like figuring out how it's going to look, trying to solve the problem, trying not to delay the timeline type of mindset. We're looking at it from the vantage point of moving things forward, not sitting in this stew pot of complaints and, you know, this is just the worst project ever type of mentality. 
And that is what your client needs to see. That's what they need to feel because many times the rest of the professionals they're going to be interacting with are not going to have that mindset. They're not going to be looking ahead to figure out what the solution is. They're going to be complaining or whining about this and whining about that. We don't have time for that, first of all. But second of all, it does us no good. And ultimately, when we want to be able to really foster relationships with the people we're working with, being able to help work with them to troubleshoot through things is a much more effective place to come from and mentality to have. That's what's going to garner you a team who wants to work with you. And those are other sides of this whole conversation that we'll, you know, we'll have later. We'll talk, I'm sure, about project management and subs and all that sort of thing. But it's it, it carries through no matter who it is you're working with and what your client's budget is and what the project looks like. Mm-hmm. You have to be in that mindset of really coming to the table, ready to do your job and having that, that clear headed mind, or at least, you know, when you can grab it to be able to come up with solutions and move things forward. That's right. And it doesn't mean that you're being Pollyanna or, or, okay, boys and girls, let's all get together and solve the problem. You know, it's, it's not like that. That's not what I'm talking about here. It, it is just what I'm trying to do is relate it to the, not just your, your life, your personal life, but also uh, how you interact, interact with clients and, and what the clients see. Because to me, that's part of your marketing. That's part of your marketing. And, and having that overwhelmed BS, like just thrown at you all the time and then you you start to believe it and then other people might believe it too and you will project that whether you realize it or not you know you're not going to project that I've got this attitude you're not going to project that if you are buying into this that that you're really overwhelmed that's why it's simple uh, simply the the idea is to change that that you know narrative in your head to overcoming obstacles I am overcoming obstacles, you know, and you might say it to yourself with gritted teeth, I am overcoming a lot of obstacles today. <laughs> you know, that may be the way that you, you say it. I think I've said that to myself a few times this week, I'm overcoming obstacles and going back to those, those three little things that I'm talking about where it gives you a path, you know, it, for me, when I have, and this is, I, I, this is true for anything, whether it's doing a newsletter on, um, you know, for, for damn good designer or whether it's doing a newsletter for our clients or whether anything at all, I like a recipe. Okay. Maybe the ADD stick, sticking in or something. I don't, I, you know, I don't know, but I like to have a recipe. So to me, the recipe for being able to deal with, uh, that feeling of overwhelm, that, that overall idea is to go back to those three, um, you know, attitudes about it and what you're, what you're doing, you know, and what, what you need to, how you need to control it. You know, thinking about that being active and acting upon a problem, not letting the problem act upon you. You know, what can I improve? How can I positively impact what happens next? You know, or you can, maybe you say, no, I can't do that. How can I contain the negatives and how do I address this right now? Now, I will say that Liz probably would like to get rid of that last one. And maybe Cheryl, you know, you don't have to fix everything, you know, within the next 30 minutes, but that's my... That's my personality is to want to fix it. So I kind of can spiral into that. So sometimes maybe with that one, you need to ponder a little bit. How can I address this right now? Or maybe how you address it right now is by taking a chill pill and going and having a cocktail or something like that. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not really sure. But, but don't forget about your team either. You know, your, your team picks up on this. And this is your team, like Liz is talking about, with subs and contractors or your team here. Because I know that my demeanor and my feeling is, uh, is, is, is going to impact my team. 
right? It is going to impact Liz even remotely. It's going to impact Stephanie. It's going to impact uh, the people inside. It's going to impact everyone in some way or another. And sometimes, you know, you don't want to fake it till you make it when, you know, it's your own team family. Sometimes you just want them to understand that you're having, you know, a rough go and you're going to get right back on it. But, but also, uh, they, they need to understand that their fearless leader is still got everything going in the right direction. So, you know, sometimes you, you know, maybe you, maybe you stay home for a day and you don't get around people or, or maybe you cancel your appointments and go have a massage or, you know, whatever the case may be. I think for me, it's, it's, I rush to want to solve the problem because that's how I feel in control. And that being in control is, you know, is the crux of that. So it's not saying that you have to solve it all right away. But when you have a recipe, you know, when you have like, when I, when I feel this way, I'm going to do this. Or when I send a newsletter, I'm going to have these five ideas every time, these five concepts, you know, in, in that. I'll talk about that maybe in a podcast or something, because it's, it's really having a recipe for what you need to do really makes you more efficient overall, if you don't have to think about it. But when you're talking about it with your team, you know, you want them to be overcoming obstacles, right, Liz? I mean, we want them to be overcoming Absolutely. obstacles. We don't, we don't want them succumbing to being overwhelmed. Think about that no. for a minute. You know, so I mean, you don't again, wanna, you, you want don't- Problem solvers, right? I mean, come on. We want people well, to take ab- Absolutely. You want the problem solvers, but sometimes I think it's the, it's the when someone comes and they're having a bad day or mm. maybe everything has gone wrong or there's just, it's just one of those kinds of days or maybe it's something bigger. Maybe there's bigger things going on in, in their life, you know, and, and all of that. This is not to minimize any of that. This is just an approach, especially in the business end of it. And I want to, to tell my, my, I want to project to my team, you know, we're not going to sweat these little problems. It's all part of it. And that's what we do. We solve problems like champs. I don't know that I always pull that off, you know, because we're such a tight knit group. So they probably see a little more of it, but you know what? They know that that's my idea. The underbelly of it is that's how I feel. And they all know that. So maybe sometimes they just go, okay, well, she's just going to, you know, work through this here or not. But you do want them to know that it is really important that we are, we are problem solvers and that's the way we're going to, to behave. And that really is a gift to your company culture. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely have, I mean, we've got a lot of different facets when it comes to that, just because there's the business itself has a lot of different roles and everyone contributes in different ways. But there is absolutely, I think, a connection between how we all operate, how we sense other people's stress, you know, and when, when it is that sometimes someone can be really helpful in a way that they don't even realize. But it's, it's funny because I'm thinking about some of what we were talking about earlier today and what we were talking about yesterday in regards to the calendar and being able to be a little bit more reflective about how it is that your involvement or your interaction with a team is going to impact them is obviously huge when it comes to a management or a leadership role in a company. And I think sometimes, and this is something that I'm slowly learning more and more about as we do more of this remote, because there are situations where I have to walk people through certain things or help them understand what it is that I want them to do without demonstrating a lot of frustration when I realize that they're not getting it done maybe as effectively as I would like for them to. And I think too, what's been interesting is they have gotten to see a little bit more of the um, hiccups that come up when it comes to shipments and claims because they're handling a lot more of that than um, I am in terms of a hands-on experience now. 
And those are the sort of things that I do think have made certain people on our team much more resilient. Um, it's yes. demonstrated to them that you they have them. every capacity. Yeah. Right. It, you force them to be more to... resilient because they're having to get their job done and you're right. not there to hold their hand physically with it or, or something like that. Right. And so that, and, and for you, you're learning new things. I mean, you, you guys, we're, we're, we're navigating all kinds of overcoming obstacles with, with uh, Liz being more remote and not here all the time every day that people can just run up and, and get in her face Ask about question, something. Yeah. But it's right. nice to see. I mean, it's, it's, for me, it's, you know, I'm at a point now in my career where, I've not had the opportunity to work with people in the age range that they're in at this point in my life. So to see them cultivating this and also gaining more confidence, I, there's one gal that I'm thinking of who um, works on our team who, you know, she does not like, she's similar to us. She does not suffer fools gladly. And her emails to vendors, you know, are, she does a really good job with them, but I can sense that she understands the the sort of, uh, importance of what she's doing. And she is really driven to get it done and to get the information quickly. And knowing that it's taken time, of course, to get to that point, but knowing that those type of mentalities have been fostered in the workplace with us, I think is really a wonderful thing. It's a testament to being able to encourage people to be more, um, in control of what their role is going to be, what their contribution is going to be. And for us, what's been great is it helps to see them grow in a way that makes you feel like they can take on more. And that ultimately fulfills them, I think, in a lot of different ways. So the ways that we can contribute to that and to be more proactive about how we're operating in a day-to-day -day, you know, environment with them is huge and, and super valuable. So you do have to consider, I mean, just like you said, Cheryl, before too, about like kind of being around kids, you've got to be aware of how your everything impacts them. Right. And it, it's the, it's the, it's really, I think it comes back to that resiliency. I mean, overcoming obstacles is building resiliency. And, and my, my going back to the very beginning, my, my whole point of this is, is not to let that, that sort of feed into your head that, it's that these are that you're overwhelmed and because if you if you start projecting that out then it is going to impact everything else you do and i and i think that that is so freaking important that it it can't be overstated enough that you know acting on something you know acting on something as opposed to having it you know you being passive and having it acted you know towards you or however the gramma grammatical way of of saying that is 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 super is super important. I, it just it just really is. Liz, do you have anything else to say about any of this very ad-libbed uh, kind of uh, podcast today before I get into our damn good truth? I think the, the one thing that I want to just mention is the fact that we all have a lot more control over how we behave and how our contentment is at the end of the day than we realize. And I think that a lot of this type of analysis and reflection is how you get there. It, it takes time, but it can have such a huge impact on just how you feel and how you handle things and the level to which you let yourself spiral. So it's very, very important to, to identify in your personality and in your work environment for sure. Yeah. And, and understanding what's important to you. Like I know that Liz and I both are kind of 
control freaks of, of a sort, you know, and that is important to know about yourself and to be able to channel that because some people will say, well, that's like a bad thing. It's really not. There's a lot of really positive things about being a control freak, but you have to channel it a little bit. You, you can't, you can't, um, you have to let that inform how you handle problems or how you overcome obstacles or any of that. And for me, it's just not, I mean, I'll be doggone if I'm going to be you know, feeling overwhelmed. No, because that's just like, that's passive. I'm, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be more in control of it. Even if it's, even if I'm, I'm going to be more in control of my falling apart is basically what I'm saying there. Right. Right. Okay. So here's our damn good truth for today. The problem with this cult of overwhelm is the labeling of it as such and the head trash this becomes reframing and being resilient takes discipline and work. And I mean, it takes a lot of discipline and work. And also it takes a lot of working through it. Okay. So you can't just give up or it didn't flow quite that way. You've got to work through it. You've got to have a give and take a back and forth, especially if it's a team or a contractor or, or whatever, there has to be this. There is no just, well, they're just a red flag, you know, or that's a red flag, this or, or whatever, or even your, your feelings, you know, uh, labeling them that way. You know, you have to make thinking time a priority in your day. And that's a whole other podcast, but we are really robbing ourselves of thinking time with all the apps, the, the text messaging, all of that. And all of that is going to change a little bit in my company because I'm exhausted by it and I'm over it and, it, and it's inefficient. So I think that I need thinking time, y'all. And I've said this before about pondering time and, and really I need pondering time. I need about a design, about a job, but I also need thinking time. I need to be alone with my thoughts. And I think that uh, a lot of people are not necessarily realizing they need that, but we all do as a human species. And in the last, whatever, 10 years, 15 years, whatever it is, we really have been robbed a lot of having that, those feelings, those, that, that ability to just think. So Separation. put the phone away, put the phone away. My phone is now, I come home from work and it gets plugged in by my bed and there it sits. That's where it is. If you want to talk to me, you can call me because I can hear it. Okay. But, or you can email me because sometimes I'm checking emails. That's okay. You know, cause I got a million and 10 of them, but you've got to break that cycle of dependency to give you time to actually think, you know, and then act on, okay. Act upon instead of being acted on, you control the mind games in your own head, not the marketing hacks. Okay. So don't get sucked into that, uh, that manipulative behavior that so many people do. And then the one big copywriter that's getting laughing all the way to the bank because they're selling all these people, all this copy about asking people, are you tired? Are you overwhelmed? And all of that. And if you don't believe me, go back and find that post I did in small business think big, because I screenshot a lot of them because it was driving me crazy. And that's where the whole overcoming obstacles was kind of a joke, but that's, I thought, well, that really works. That's good. You know? So the more you adopt that overcoming obstacles mantra, and toss the overwhelmed narrative to the curb, your creative mojo is going to only get stronger. Clients and your team pick up on this confident energy. And here is the winner right here. Confidence is the currency of the successful. All right, confidence is the currency of the successful. And I believe that 100% and I am living it. I'm living it, you know, because I am successful. I am confident. Doesn't mean I'm not falling apart sometimes. Thank you so much for spending this time with us and hope to see you back next time. Please visit us at damngooddesigner.com. If you want more info on our coaching program, please go there, damngooddesigner.com. We really, really appreciate all the kind words we're getting, the reviews, everything. I'm just 
People are even emailing me and saying they really like the podcast. So we really appreciate that, and we do appreciate you being here. Thanks, y'all. Until next time, stay bold, stay inspired, and keep embracing your bag girl spirit. If you've enjoyed today's show, head over to join the community at damngooddesigner.com to continue the conversation and sign up for our newsletter. 